You are listening to David Ze'ev in Israel on the JewishCoffeeHouse.com podcast network. On my U.S. tour this month, I found myself dealing with that awkward juxtaposition of those who support Israel but are not comfortable about it being Donald Trump, who is the president who is the one receiving praise from many Israelis for such steps as the Jerusalem embassy move and the Iran nuclear deal pullout. That juxtaposition now puts the U.S. pullout from the U.N. Human Rights Council in a similar light. Americans continue, of course, to argue whether President Trump is too tough on would-be new immigrants at the Mexican border, and at least some in the U.S. maintain that the withdrawal from the Human Rights Council is just part of President Trump's disregard for human rights. But the Israel bashing that goes on at the U.N. Human Rights Council is well known, even as murderous regimes receive justification at that same body. As we heard from Ambassador Danny Ayalon, former Israeli ambassador to the United States, a former deputy foreign minister, and now head of the organization called The Truth About Israel, as he thanks U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and Ambassador Nikki Haley for speaking the truth about the U.N. and told us about the video clip that he put on about the truth about the U.N. Well, the truth about the UN really uh, exposes the uh, organization in terms of its uh, structure, the uh, manipulation uh, of the politics behind the scenes, the uh, uh, automatic majority of the Arab uh, League and the Muslim uh, countries. So, in fact, it shows that Israel does not have a chance, that they have an automatic majority and that uh, they can pass whatever resolution, condemnation. It's a very, very... um, Slanted, uh, certainly not a fair game. And specifically now we're talking about the UN Human Rights Council with the Americans announcing that they are withdrawing. That's an organization which has been guilty of, Israelis would certainly say, and the Americans are saying, Israel bashing, correct? Exactly. And uh, right. And this is just uh, one salient example, the, um, the Human Rights Council in Geneva. But this is only one international body under the umbrella of the United Nations. You have the Assembly, the, the General Assembly, you have UNESCO, you have all other organizations which are the mere image of the General Assembly, 193 member states altogether. Out of them, 120 are in the pockets of the Palestinians, which is composed, this, this number is uh, made up of 22 Arab League countries, uh, 57 if you include all the Muslim countries, and 120 if you include also the uh, development countries, which uh, basically are under the pressure uh, and influence of the Arab countries, either because of oil or uh, money or anything else. And it was important for me to show, because people who are not in the know, and they see all the condemnations against Israel, they think, well, the UN should be a neutral organization, the UN should be a good organization, so if they say Israel is bad, Israel is bad. But what I want to show is that the UN is bad. So Israel is not necessarily bad, and you have to look into it uh, in a much uh, more sophisticated and a much uh, more detailed way. Ambassador Ayalon, let me ask you, though, from a devil's advocate point of view, when you talk about specifically, again, the Human Rights Council and the Americans saying that they're pulling out, is that the right thing to do? This is an age-old argument. On the one hand, you don't want to give justification to a body that gives justification to murderous regimes and just condemns Israel all the time. On the other hand, by the Americans pulling out, aren't you leaving the field open for even a greater extent of this kind of activity because there's no one to defend Israel anymore? 
Well, this is a, a, an excellent point. But uh, what we have seen, you know, this Human Rights uh, Council, which is actually the uh, successor of the Human Rights Committee, uh, was formed in 2006. The United States did not join right away. Uh, they joined only 2011 under the Obama administration with the same, the very same uh, argument that uh, they should not leave the uh, theater open or the stage open to uh, detractors of Israel and the U.S. and the, the democratic countries at large. But we have now seven years of experience, and we see that the United States um, influence was, again, diluted and, and was not significant at all because of the Arab automatic majority. So I think it is uh, in this situation it's better to pull out because this will really um, deal a blow to the legitimacy, to the credibility, to the prestige of uh, this uh, organization. And hopefully it will maybe have them think again. Also, pulling out will mean uh, no more American uh, funds, which uh, also can uh, deal them a, a blow. And maybe they will have to think of their own interests first, because right now, all the countries uh, who are uh, members of the, the UN and certainly members of the UN um, uh, Human Rights Council, uh, their interests are subjected to, uh, basically are hijacked mm-hmm. by the Palestinian uh, interest. And, uh, and this is bad for everyone. Ambassador Denny Ayalone, to conclude our interview, let me tap into your experience as having been Israel's ambassador to the United States and you're continuing to be a keen observer of what's going on over there do you know what the Trump administration has in mind when you hear about these hours and hours of talks that Trump envoys are holding with Prime Minister Netanyahu and his advisors about some sort well, of Israeli-Palestinian um, plan? That, uh, they keep it very close to their chest, to themselves, and I think it's a very good uh, practice because we know that with some uh, uh, leaks, uh, it could be uh, manipulation, and it has to be... Uh, I would say, uh, given not in a piecemeal, but uh, as a one uh, package, I think it's very unfortunate that, again, the Palestinians are uh, are blocking any uh, political um, move or uh, any political negotiations. But I think that Trump administration, unlike former American administrations, uh, they're doing, in a way, an unorthodox things. They said, OK, the Palestinians are not coming, or this... Uh, leadership of the Palestinians are coming. Okay, we'll go above their heads. We'll go straight to the people by presenting it. And also, we'll try to get a coalition of uh, interested uh, parties, mainly the countries here in the, Uni- in the, in the Middle East, uh, the Muslim countries in the, the Gulf, Egypt, and, and Jordan. And, and by doing that, they will actually hang the Palestinian leadership on the horns of uh, the dilemma. Uh, so far, uh, unfortunately, for the last 25 years since Oslo, they have been uh, actually uh, given a, uh, a pass for uh, anything that they, they wanted. They were uh, considered, you know, I don't know, indulged uh, or a brat kid, uh, which whatever they did, everybody was either looking the other way or condoning it. But uh, let me no just ask you if perhaps, want- even if the Trump administration is keeping the details close to their proverbial chests, whether there might be a certain amount of premature excitement even within the Netanyahu government coalition among the more right-wing parties like Bayit Yehudi, who think this is the best thing to ever happen to an Israeli government, maybe it won't be as good as some of these right-wing Israelis think it will be. Well, that could very well be, because uh, the Trump uh, Trump himself said that uh, 
that neither party will like everything in it. And if you really want to get a, uh, a good deal which will hold, which will stick, which uh, the two parties will abide by, it has to be, uh, to be giving, uh, giving the, or serve the interest of both parties. So I'm sure there will be some things that Israel or the Netanyahu government uh, will not uh, like. We have heard very few, uh, listen carefully to what uh, Netanyahu said in the uh, cabinet yesterday. He said that the American program, as he knows it, takes care of Israel's security defense interests. He didn't say all the other interests. Mm -hmm. That means security measures, yes, but when it comes to uh, territory, when it comes to uh, other things which are important, I guess this he was not relating to, and he's waiting to see what the Americans will present to all the parties. Ambassador Danny Ayalon. At the center of the Netanyahu government coalition is the Bayit Yehudi party, headed by Cabinet Minister Naftali Bennett. We asked Jeremy Sultan of Bayit Yehudi what the party knows about the Trump administration plan regarding Israel and the Palestinians. Sultan is involved in the party on the national level, as well as being the leader of Bayit Yehudi in the locality of Mivaseret Zion outside Jerusalem. Well, the difference between this attempt at trying to get the Israelis and Palestinians together from all of the previous attempts is that for the first time, uh, the American side is not boycotting the Israeli right. When I go back and think at every single previous initiative, Kerry refused to sit with Bennett, Clinton did. When I go back and look at previous secretaries of state and uh, even, you know, peace envoys, dating back to to Mitchell, Ross, so on and so forth, whether it was Bennett, whether it was one of his predecessors, whether it was, again, Baidudi, NRP, uh, the National Union, whatever it is, there was a very, very clear line that there was no reason to talk to anybody to the right of Likud. Are you saying um, that the leader of Baidudi, Cabinet Minister Naftali Bennett, has had personal meetings with Trump administration envoys? I'm saying that uh, you can see that there have been a few times that uh, there's been public meetings between Naftali Bennett and the people that were in the room this Friday, those people being in the room that are dealing with the process. The meeting on Friday with um, Prime Minister Netanyahu, right. Jason Mm -hmm. Greenblatt, Jared Kushner, and of course on the Israeli side, you got Ron Dermer and Benjamin Netanyahu. I think when you look at that room and those five people and you realize that besides Netanyahu, you know, whether it's on the American side or the Israeli side, that there are four keepers there out of five. I was going to say the joke The joke has been made at the photo op that how many more people do you need for a minion? But if you were a Palestinian, Jeremy Salton, what would you think when you see a photo like that? Well, you know, it depends what type of Palestinian I would be. I mean, I, I really enjoy, and I'm sure you also read uh, Jared Kushner's interview with the local Palestinian paper in which he pretty much says that, you know, he's willing to work with Abbas, but that there were no um, meetings with the Palestinians on this side. He focused more on the Israeli side and on the regional partners in terms of the Arab nations here, and that really what they want to see coming out of this, again, looking at what Kushner said in his interview, is to um, have the Palestinians put pressure on their own leadership. So again, when you're saying, if I'm a Palestinian, how would I respond? Am I a Palestinian leadership or am I a Palestinian person who's looking to get a better life for myself? And I think that just within that distinction, you can 
tell what my answer would be. Well, from my understanding, the Palestinian leadership is in fact boycotting the Americans right now, but that is in response to the fact that the Americans opened up an embassy in Jerusalem. The atmosphere, in short, is not very good between the Trump administration and the Palestinians. And the question is whether that is necessarily a good thing for the Israelis, as you see it. Well, look, I think that it's important to speak the truth. And I think that, again, and what I was getting at in my first point, is that trying to go ahead and have this process without talking to everyone on the Israeli side is perhaps one of the reasons that no peace deal has ever been able to get off the ground. But I think that in general, if I look at any initiative, whether it's an American initiative and really any initiative going back to the UN partition plan, it's usually been the Israelis saying, yes, but we have reservations. The Arab community of the various you know, uh, moderate Sunni states say maybe, but we have reservations. And the Palestinians say no. And again, here are the Palestinians choosing not to even be involved in the process, to boycott, to say no before they even see the plan, that is a very interesting position. But again, dating back, it seems that the Palestinians always say no. They said no in Annapolis. They said no in Camp David. They said no um, in between in Taba. They said no beforehand and so forth. I think that when I, when I see the things that Kushner is um, focusing on, which is not as much on the core issues, but a lot more on the economic development, on the stuff that has to do with people to people. This is stuff that is not so controversial, even in by UDIs. I think this is the type of progress you see when you bring everyone to the table. If the Palestinians don't want to be a part of the process, then perhaps there'll be a new leadership that will want to be. So certainly, by Yehudi, your party would support building up the Gaza Strip, humanitarian aid to the Gaza Strip. First of all, correct, right? I mean, that's something that you would support. Yeah, obviously, you want to see the details. We can't compromise on security aspects of that. And it's not a uh, secret that it's not just Israel that's looking after this, but it's also Egypt and that we're usually hand to hand when it comes to dealing with this on a security perspective. But on the humanitarian side, we would like to see a resolution in terms of what's happening over there. Uh, I think that's quite obvious to everybody. Um, And again, as uh, again, I, I just keep going back to the Kushner interview here. But, but he says when the Palestinian leadership are trying to call this a political issue over a humanitarian issue, they're the ones that have turned this into a political issue. There's no reason to create this political issue when it comes to what should be clear in terms of what should be done on the humanitarian side. Mm-hmm. But for that, we need cooperation from the Palestinians, cooperation we don't seem to be getting. One more point on this issue, and that is, nevertheless, there are those who are saying, despite how friendly and how religious the people in the room on the American side are, that it might be that payback time has come, okay? The embassy in Jerusalem, the pullout from the Iran nuclear deal, the pullout from the UN Human Rights Council. Now comes payback time. The Trump administration might want to move like some sort of principled agreement, not to actually do it at this point, but a principled agreement by the Netanyahu government to agree to such things even as pulling out of Arab neighborhoods of East Jerusalem. I mean, What do you know? Is something like that perhaps part of this as well? Well, you know, let's start with the important, you know, part that everyone wants peace. Bayoud also wants peace. Uh, I don't think there's any normal Israeli that doesn't want to have peace. The question again is, is what is that peace going to look like? And again, security is a very, 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 very important component, Uh, not just to Israelis, but I think to all the Jewish people. We know firsthand what 
you know, happens if you don't have security. And I think that whenever you're talking about what the resolution or whatever the um, attempt would be in terms of creating whatever framework or piece of paper that would go towards that, you're going to have to go ahead and put positions on paper until we see what those specific things are. And again, we've seen various leaks in terms of what a lot of that stuff could be. But until we actually see it and until we actually study it, my understanding is is that uh, first we're going to be able to look at the executive summary, and then only after that are we going to look at um, the actual plans. This is probably going to be, based on what I understand, the most comprehensive proposal that has ever been proposed. It's going to be the longest. It's going to be most the most in-depth proposal that's yet been seen. And I think, again, when you're able to talk to all of the people, you're able to hear all of the concerns, you're able to take that stuff into account. What we all want to know is, of course, what that final product is. And I think it's too early before we actually read it to be able to say what the response would be. But, of course, on the other side of that, our positions are very clear on a lot of these issues. Mm -hmm. On the refugees, I don't see a compromise. On giving up on, uh, you know, the basin within Jerusalem, I don't see a compromise there. there. There's quite a few things in which are very clear red lines, I think, not just for the UD, but in general for, for the Israeli people. And I, I think, again, you know, if I will return maybe one last time to the Kushner point, the fact that he talks about peace between peoples instead of governments, I think there's a very important aspect there. Because if you're going to go ahead and, and get a piece of paper in which neither side actually backs what that piece of paper is, so then that's not worth the paper, the thing that it's worth on, rather. One more question on a different issue now. And we can't avoid this issue. Your leader, the leader of Bayed Yehudi, Naftali Bennett, is Diaspora Affairs Minister, in addition, of course, to being Education Minister. We have Isaac Herzog from the opposition in the Knesset, who has now been named the new leader of the Jewish Agency. One would think that a Diaspora Affairs Minister would work together with the leader of the Jewish Agency. How do you see this new relationship working out? You know, uh, of course, uh, Naftali worked very closely with Sharansky, the previous Jewish Agency Chairman for many years. He's been now Diaspora Affairs Minister uh, since 2013, dating back to the previous um, Knesset term. So, yeah, obviously there's going to be a lot of work. Naftali already came out. He um, said a lot of very nice things about Herzog. The Jewish Agency originally was dealing with immigration absorption and diaspora affairs. In recent years, most of the things that had to do with Immigration and absorption has uh, been delegated to either government ministries or to private organizations such as Nefesh Benefesh. So really the flagship goal of the Jewish Agency today and their mission statement is to connect the Jews in the diaspora and the Israeli government. And in terms of what we heard from Herzog's public statements, in terms of the way that Naftali views the Jewish Agency and his goal as diaspora, affairs minister is working with them, I think that everyone understands what the main goal is. I think there will be some challenges ahead, but I think that there's enough in terms of the personal relationship and respect that both have for each other to be able to do a lot of good things. Jeremy Sultan of Bayit Yehudi. And now a follow-up from last week. You might recall, and if you don't, check it out, that we interviewed Donna Horowitz of the Nefesh Benefesh organization Go South Initiative. This week, Horowitz posted on Facebook that she spent a wonderful morning visiting the beautiful southern community of Har Amasa and learning more about the living options available there for new immigrants. 
The tight-knit community, she says, of 41 families of all ages and religious persuasions is located within the stunning Yatir forest between Arad and Beersheba. This week, they are laying the cornerstone for a new neighborhood of homes. If you are a Nefesh Benefesh Ole, thinking of moving down south and want more information about communities there, be sure to contact the Nefesh Benefesh, the NBN, Go Beyond South, Post Aliyah and Community Advisor, Nama Zigdan, at the email of Nama Z, N-A-A-M-A-Z, at mbn.org.il. You've been listening to David Ze'ev in Israel, together with producer Scott Kahn, on the JewishCoffeeHouse.com podcast network. <laughs>